From prison to purpose, Cheryl Armstrong's inspiring journey, life transformation, and personal growth. Join us for a robust conversation with Cheryl Armstrong, founder of Plant Your Energy, as she shares her remarkable story of transformation. Incarcerated for 26 years, Cheryl turned her life around and is now a beacon of hope and resilience. She has dedicated her life post-release to helping others through her book, Plant Your Energy, Face Your Demons, and Transform Your Life, and the transformative class she created from it. In this interview, Cheryl emphasizes that no one is their worst mistake and highlights the possibility of lasting change, even for those who have made significant mistakes. She embodies her motto, create a vision for your life and pursue it passionately. Tune in to hear Cheryl's inspiring story and learn how she's making a difference in people's lives today. Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show, where you're about to go on a wellness-driven ride. Let me share with you a little bit about the guests that we have today. With over 14 years of experience in personal transformation, Cheryl Armstrong is a founder of Plant Your Energy. While serving a 26-year sentence, she earned an MA in humanities, started her business, and authored her debut book, Plant Your Energy, Face Your Demons, and Transform Your Life. After her release in 2021, she developed a class based on her book, currently taught in Colorado prisons. Cheryl, who now resides in Arizona, is working to expand her program nationwide and continues to grow Plant Your Energy. She is committed to changing lives positively and advocating that individuals are not defined by their worst mistakes. Please help me welcome Ms. Cheryl Armstrong. Hi. Hi, Cheryl. <laughs> It's such a pleasure to have you here on the Wellness Driven Life Show. You have such an inspiring story and journey, and I'm thrilled to be able to bring that to the audience today. It is certainly an inspiration on so many levels of what you can create in the world despite circumstances. So let's dive in and let's share with the audience a little bit more about you. Okay, well, um, I usually start when I share my story with when I was 16 years old, because that's kind of what has defined who I have become uh, throughout my adulthood. When I was 16, I was uh, involved in a terrible crime that took the lives of two people. I drove the getaway car and was charged as an adult and ultimately sentenced to 96 years in prison for my role in the crime. Um, from there, I lost all hope. Uh, I was a very angry, 
bitter guilt and shame filled person when I was in my early 20s. I would say my first eight years or so of incarceration were pretty much miserable for me. Uh, I didn't have any incentive or drive to do anything productive or positive with my life. Uh, but I did have the support of my family. And so looking back, and even in my later years of incarceration, I, I recognized that that family support, it was the driving force of what motivated me to become a different person. Um, I started taking some college classes. And over a period of 14 years, I went from getting my GED in the county jail to getting a Master of Arts in Humanities uh, in 2016. And I think that my college education, what it did uh, more than give me a degree, it transformed who I was as a person. It really changed my thinking from black and white to recognizing that most things in life are not black and white. There's gray areas to everything. And so my rigid thinking really shifted through my education. Um, I trained dogs for a number of years while I was incarcerated for about six years total. Uh, I actually adopted two of the dogs that I trained while I was inside. They were shelter babies. And so as I got older into my early 30s, Something in me shifted so deeply that I just made up my mind that I didn't want my crime and the mistake I had made when I was 16 years old to be my legacy. I didn't want to be defined by my biggest mistake, right? Wow. So that's what has been driving me ever since then. Um, I, I just am always trying to delve a little deeper into my own issues, right? And have that transparency. And I think that that's what makes me a relatable person with what I'm doing now since I've been released is I'm really open and honest about my flaws, my mistakes, the things that I could do better in my life. And I'm also really honest with other people in, in trying to give them you know, that positive advice on, hey, you know, this is something I can relate to. This is maybe how you could work towards making some significant changes in your own life. And so uh, the idea for Planter Energy was, was born after I got my master's degree. I was still incarcerated. And uh, I, at that point in my life, I had become so motivated. Uh, I read, you know, probably 150 books on the law of attraction and, and just, you know, explored my spiritual path and who am I as a person? What do I believe in? What are my principles in my life and, and what means something to me? Right. And so uh, I used to be a runner when I was incarcerated. And so I was out running laps one morning and I just was inspired by this idea to start a business. And that was, how Planter Energy was born. And I actually, it initially started as a clothing line because Planter Energy is the mindset. You know, I talk about how every thought that we think and every action that we take in our lives has a ripple effect, right? It, it creates those next moments that are to come and the things that we do and we say affect our relationships, they affect every aspect of our life. And so 
I wanted to start teaching people to be mindful of those things, right? And, and to start changing the way that they're thinking about themselves, their lives, and, and their potential. Because I feel like a lot of people take things in their lives for granted, maybe not on purpose, uh, just because we get stuck in the everyday, you know, the monotony of doing the same things. We have a job, we go to every day, we come home. And so, you know, I waited 26 years of my life to have an opportunity to be free and to have that job and to be able to come home to, you know, from that job. There's little things that that we don't really think about. They mean everything to me. And so I always talk about how the little things are the big things, right? And so that's kind of kind of what I'm teaching other people. Um, I wrote the book in prison. And uh, I was on a mission to to make sure that I had it completed before I was released. And um, one of the powerful pieces, I think, probably about my story is that I was sentenced to 96 years. I should still be sitting in prison right now Mm -hmm. Uh, because I was a juvenile. The United States Supreme Court had a, a series of rulings over a decade and Long story short with all of that is is Colorado, which is where I was uh, incarcerated. Their way of coming into compliance with those federal laws was to create a three-year program uh, called JCAP, which stands for Juveniles Convicted as Adults Program. So I was the first woman in that program and also the first one and uh, so far the only woman that has graduated the program. And so I was uh able to ask for early release after i completed this three-year program and was granted parole in 2021 and so i actually uh was released at least 13 years sooner than i would have been had it not been for that that change in the law yeah that's amazing cheryl your your journey is again, like I mentioned, so, so inspiring. And you definitely have a different perspective than many, many people do when it comes to freedom and all of the little things which you describe. And, you know, I, for for me and my journey, it, it's been sort of the other end of the the criminal justice system, whereas I was in law enforcement previously. And so it would have been me putting people in cuffs that have the experience because they did something that was what we consider not okay and and where we put those boundaries and those guidelines and those laws into place for it and and you were so so young and so your your journey and your experience and how you describe the way that you showed up throughout you know all of those years you were 16 years old so you had that youth mentality and mindset, you're angry and you're so mad at the system. And and like you said, the first 18 or excuse me, eight years of being incarcerated were just awful and heavy and, and tormenting and anger. Right. And that is how we as human beings, we, we show up because we just, we are only at that mental capacity where we're, mm-hmm. we, we only have so many tools in the tool belt because we haven't gained the wisdom and the life experience yet. And, and you were really put into this confined 
position where there wasn't a lot to look forward to. There weren't possibilities. There mm -hmm. wasn't, you know, your, your mind wasn't open to all of the greater things that could become your potentials when you're living in this solid, confined space with mentalities that are, are not high energy, right? So right. this is why the empowerment of your story is so profound because when we put people in that, people can't relate with that until they've been there, right? They have no idea and understanding of what it is like to be in that kind of environment because they were able to go into schools and outside and be around different energies and be exposed to different energies and have greater ideas to open up their minds. But you did not have that. And because mm -hmm. you did not have that, the the fact that you were able to evolve into something different, that's the beauty of your story. When we talked about, and I know that you know, Cheryl, I'm sure you do, but Viktor Frankl's story, one of the mm -hmm. most empowering stories of our time, where he really makes this great comeback, despite what you're in, despite your environment, despite the circumstances and coming out of that alive, first off, mm -hmm. you know, his circumstances of incarceration and, and near death and watching everybody else dying around you and the, the torment and brutality of that and yet creating something outside of that. This is what your story reminds me of. Yeah, that's one of the books that I actually reference in my own teachings now, uh, because it, obviously that was a, a worse situation than my own. However, there are some similarities where, you know, it's all about having that power to choose, which is one of the main things that I teach about through my course now is you know, the, these lessons and these tools that we're talking about, they don't just apply to people who've been incarcerated, right? They apply to humans. And I think that so many people forget that we get to choose how we live our lives. We get to choose how we um, feel every day, what we're thinking every day. And I, you know, I have had a number of painful things happen to me since I have been released uh and, and some serious struggles you know internally and what keeps me going is i'm just like you know i waited 26 years for an opportunity to have my life out here and i put in many many years of hard work before i was released right to have a, a peaceful life inside too and so i think that that what i am kind of an example of at this point is just resilience you know, just uh, no matter what happens, no matter how tragic it is, uh, remembering that we have the gift of life and that we get to choose everything that we feel and we think. And the struggle has been real for me lately. I've had a lot of loss in my life in the last 18 months, but I still stay focused on the things that are at the core of who I am, right? And those things are beautiful and they're positive and they're full of hope. Mm -hmm. And so I refuse yeah. to let go of those things when I fought so hard to get to a place to where I could obtain them to begin with. You know, Cheryl, it sounds to me, um, I'm going to venture to say you're on this planet to do some really great things, mm -hmm. some really incredible oh. things, because you're, you are, are being given so many 
trials and tragedies that are coming your way in a very rapid pace. You know, you you strive so hard and, and we can we can put this on a perspective of, of many different people's experience in life. But we always seem to think the grass is greener on the other side, where once I get to this point, life will be like this and yeah. it will be better because, right? But the truth is, is that life is constant challenge. It, it, it Well, I shouldn't say constant challenge. I don't mean it that way. But I, what I do mean is things happen. People yeah. die. Life yeah. transitions happen. Accidents happen. Life happens. And it, it truly is the lesson of, well, how am I choosing to respond no matter yeah. what comes my way? And yeah. so I feel, again, if I could just venture to say that because you're going through these things, you're going to experience immense growth. And what happens through that growth is us evolving and being able to become really incredible leaders to those around us. Yeah. And that's kind of the idea behind everything that I've been creating is like, okay, I've been told for many years that I have a very powerful story, which of course, many years ago, I didn't really see that. Right. Yeah. But uh, after getting, you know, a master's degree in prison, starting a business, writing a book, just doing a lot of really positive things while I was inside, I kind of fell into a leadership role without ever meaning to. Right kind of accidental. And so I just thought, hey, you know, that saying, turn your pain into your purpose. And so that's what I've done. And that's what I am continuing to do, even as we speak, uh, because, you know, I've had the deaths of three people in the last 18 months, uh, probably the three closest people, you know, to me. And so I've, had to navigate through that and through losing my mom, um, biggest struggle of my life. And I say that that, that was worse than anything I went through in prison, you know? And I, so you were maybe prepared more. So a little bit, if, if, I mean, that's even not even fair to say, because it still hurts no matter what. And so I'm so sorry to hear that. Thank you. I mean, you know, she lived a full life. And when I was incarcerated, I used to talk about how I don't care how long I have to sit in here as long as my mom lives to see the day when I walk out. And she did. She got to see that. And we got mm. to have a year and a half together. And so, again, right, it's that power of choice. Do I want to choose to be devastated that I lost her just 18 months after my release? Or do I want to be grateful? and say, you know what, I always just wanted her to see me free and to know that she didn't have to worry about me. And, mm -hmm. and I was granted that, right? And so I had to really shift into that state of gratitude. Yeah, gratitude is huge. I mean, it, it definitely helps shift that perception. And mm -hmm. the the way that we show up when we when we turn that pain and sadness into remembering the things that we are grateful for and the time that we did spend, it certainly makes a huge, huge difference. So Cheryl, what I'm very curious about, and I, I would love to know, because you started doing the work and you talked about, I think that when you, you, you did started doing work in your twenties and then in your thirties, something really, really shifted for you. And what I want to know is because you were put in this environment where the energy is, is so, so low and, and, you know, people, People are 
are sad and depressed. And, you know, oftentimes you think that people go into a place where you, you put them away and lock them out of society, right? But they only go to a place to become a better criminal because they're surrounded by other criminals. Oh, yeah. right? So right. It, you're, you're surrounding yourself with all of this negativity. And all mm -hmm. of a sudden, you're like, I, I need to make a change. And I don't want to be this. This is not me internally. And so I'm going to start reading and learning and, and growing. And because of that, what was that like for the people and the energies around you? Did you start to see changes? Like you said, yeah. I became a leader, not intentionally, but what was that like? What, it, what transformations did you see outside of yourself? Uh, right. So you're absolutely right about how most of the energy in, in that environment is negative, right? And most people don't even have a high enough level of consciousness that they're aware that they can make the kind of changes I had started to make, right? right. Yeah. And so you, you come up against a lot of resistance. And what happens is when your energy changes and, and everybody else's doesn't, there's almost like a natural split, right? Like something will happen to where you just, your relationship will shift with people. And so that happened with uh, a lot of the people that had been close to me in my younger years in there. I just didn't connect and vibe with those people anymore. And so I used to always say that the more that I changed in prison, the lonelier my life got, right? And that's mm. absolutely what it was. Uh, I didn't relate to very many people anymore. However, after some years of, you know, continually trying to become a better person, because listen, it did not happen overnight. There were many, many setbacks and I'm still in the process of, of working on myself, right? Like I feel like it never stops. Yeah. So I never reached that level of, oh, I'm where I want to be. I'm always still striving to get there, um, which I think that's how it should be. There's always room for growth, right? Yeah. Uh, but I, I actually had a friend um, who had a life sentence. She she ended up getting out before me. She got her case overturned. But she said something to me that I wrote about in my book. And it was such a simple statement, but it was such a huge paradigm shift for me. Uh, it really changed my life. And, and we were talking about how people respected me for the wrong reasons, right? They respected me out of uh, maybe intimidation. I had a really bad attitude when I was younger. And so I used that to be manipulative, right? I used it to my advantage. And my friend was totally different than me. She was a very kind, respectful person. And she just simply said to me, well, you know, people respect me too. And I, I'm nice to everybody. And there was just something about the way she said it. That was kind of like one of my aha moments where I just felt like so unhappy with the person I had been, right? And I did not want to be remembered as a person that was treating other people badly. And I wanted to be remembered as the kind of person who fought against the grain, right? And who did something with my life, even if I spent every last day of it in prison. I wanted my life to mean something uh, that became kind of my mission. And, and I thought, you know, I don't care how long I have to be in prison. I'm not going to be miserable every day for the rest of my life. And I want to do something that gives me a purpose. And so that was kind of the driving force behind everything that I did after that. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, 
uh, starting to, to really uh, bring out a lot of emotion in me, Cheryl. I think that that mm-hmm. is really, really uh, insightful where we, we start to understand that there are different ways of showing up, of gaining that respect and different ways to where, where people do give you that respect either because it's this forceful, fearful sort of respect or the respect of, um, wow, they, they are such an incredible human being. And, you know, your, your journey is inspiring to me because again, being in the environment that you are, we all know that once we start to rise up and shift and start to learn and grow, that it in turn changes the dynamics of our relationships with others. Mm. And it is a, it, it does it initially is very, very lonely because the relationships that you've had for a lifelong or years or what have you that were very deep and meaningful and connected at one point in your life are now starting to change. And you're not in the same relation. You're not in the same vibe. You you don't ha- agree with the, the topics that you discuss anymore. Mm-hmm. And so you, you had that even intensified because it was all around you where it was more negative, where, you know, we'll say, and I say it often enough on the show where the, if we're the sum of the five people that we surround ourselves with, it doesn't mean that it has to be physical people. And so you really had to, to take that in that concept of Mm -hmm. if I can't get the people that I, that I'm inspired by, around me physically, then I have to go into the people who are inspiring me through books and through audibles and through podcasts or whatever. It has to be something outside of you. The historical Mm -hmm. figures, Martin Luther King, I don't know, Mm -hmm. but it, you know, it doesn't matter whether they're dead or alive or physically with you. Um, they can be the sum of those five people that really start Mm -hmm. to shape who you are. Yes. And and my mom was the main person that did that for me. And she came to visit me faithfully every week for 22 years imprisoned until she had to move to Arizona for health reasons. Uh, She was always right there as well as most of the rest of my family. And so that, like I said, at the beginning of this, you know, that was a big factor for me to want to make some changes. But, you know, uh, I talk about in my own book, Wayne Dyer, Stephen Covey, you know, these leaders Mm -hmm. who have had such an impact on helping people change their thinking. And and so I had to lean on those things. And I, I did, I leaned on them fully and I just soaked it all in. And I just was so thirsty to, uh, make changes in my life, you know? Okay, and you mentioned some really hard. great names, Cheryl. And so who who were the ones who truly inspired you the most? Hello, everyone. Welcome to Candy Apple Advocacy, the podcast for parents who want to advocate for their children's education. I'm Jim Mallard, and I'm here with my wife, Tabby. We've been through the trenches of raising kids in the school system and know how tough it can be. But we also know how essential it is to advocate for your child and their education. That's why we started this podcast, to share our experiences and insights with other parents to help them become more effective advocates for their children. 
On this podcast, we'll talk about everything from general education, general school advice, the school choices you have available to you, different education styles, individualized education plans, 504s, and all those key terms that you've heard but don't know what they are. We'll talk to experts. We'll also talk to parents and hear their stories. We'll share our stories with you and give you tools you need to be a strong advocate for your child and yourself. Whether you're a new parent or have been in the game for a while, we invite you to join our community. Let's advocate together. Number one is Wayne Dyer. Um, but I actually helped. We, we got to take it. It was called Seven Habits on the Inside in prison. And so I took that class in 2009. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Then- Wait, hold on, hold on. You're blowing my mind whole because I am so excited to hear that. Of course, I went into criminal justice law enforcement. And mm-hmm. so you go into those fields because you want to make a difference, right? You you, And then you realize very quickly that um, that's mm-hmm. difficult to do. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Where people yeah. don't don't make the choice and decision to receive the help that you're providing. And yes, you're right. saving lives and that's that's incredible and that's great. But but it is a very difficult field. Mm-hmm. And and when you're young and you have this passion to be the Superman or what have you, and it, it, it it's just very very hardcore when the reality mm-hmm. sets in. And I know you experience that on a different level, but it just brings me so much joy, Cheryl, to hear that because uh, Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People is probably the the most inspirational uh, piece that I have on my journey. And so to hear that, that that is a piece of the the system where they're incorporating that brings me so much joy. I just well. Have- in Colorado, it was. So uh, I don't, I know in Arizona, I don't think that people are familiar with it. I actually, because, so I became what is called a core group member on the inside. So I helped facilitate the class for a number of years after oh I graduated God. it. And then I was able um, to get certified to teach it since I've been out. But then I was kind of torn between, well, do I want to go teach seven habits or do I want to teach my own curriculum? Right. <laughs> I can, I can, I can, I can relate with you here, Cheryl. Again. Yeah, so I kind of, um, I've actually had the audacity to say though, that I would love for my curriculum to become the seven habits for the incarcerated population one day. Yeah, you, know, you but, can um, do it differently too. You know, I mean, so much. Yeah. If if you think about all of the stuff that is is on the planet, all the words, all the choices, there's nothing really new. It's just said differently. Exactly. I mean, all of this stuff is brought up from from historically from things that were said from you know long, long, long time ago. And so I think that what's beautiful about it and and what people should know and be inspired by is that when we go out into the world and we want to share these incredible things that we learn, the energies that you bring, that's what people are drawn to. It's you that people want to listen to and grow from. And I agree with you. Like there really isn't anything that's new to be found. Right. And so it's just kind of reframed and presented in a new way. And so that's what makes what I'm doing um, a little bit different, right? Because you don't necessarily see a lot of people who spent 26 years in prison 
going into this field where they're teaching the same types of things that the seven habits would teach. And, and I, I would like to think that uh, that's a good thing that I'm bringing kind of that different uh, uh, mindset and perspective to the table with what I'm doing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that said, Cheryl, I would love to know what, what is the big audacious goal that you have? What are, what are the things that you're really creating right now? I know that you've written the book and I don't have it here on the screen, but I invite everybody to visit Cheryl's website, www.plantyourenergy.life. Incredible website name. Love it www.plantyourenergy.life for those of you listening in. And also it's always going to be in the description below, but Cheryl, I, I, I want to just ask for a minute because I, I really love the artistic picture. And, and for those of you, you'll have to check it out and, and go see what I'm talking about. But the, the logo, the branding that you've created with this is quite beautiful. Do you want to describe it for us? Well, I have the book sitting here. Do you want me to, yes. to show you the show you the book? All right, here's the cover. This is my logo. This tree in the words planter energy. Um, I designed that myself when I was still incarcerated, but I really can't draw. So I did a sketch and I paid an artist on the streets to bring my ideas to life. And the idea was kind of to, to have the roots of the tree planting into the word plant. Uh, because like I said, planter energy is, is I'm trying to build a brand, right? That's based around this mindset that we need to be real aware of how we plant our energy in our lives and every single little thing that we're doing. Because each of those little choices and decisions adds up to the quality of our entire life, right? And so uh, I, I, it's about mindfulness, really. And my big goal, I already have these new ideas, right? I'm still trying to build this initial curriculum, which uh, I turned, I, I, I wrote a workbook that accompanies the book uh, and for a couple of reasons. I wanted people to have, you know, like a bigger space that they could write something in. So this is the workbook. Mm -hmm. And I just recently got this put on Amazon also because I want people to have the full experience. Like I don't want people to just read a book and set it down and forget what they took away from that book. Right. And as a person who was incarcerated and took a lot of classes, I know that you'll kind of get this high, like, oh, I'm getting so much from this experience. And then when that experience is gone, you lose the hype that you felt when you were in that moment. And so with this workbook, I wanted to give people a way to hold on to what they were learning. And the workbook actually has like 75 pages of additional material in the back, in addition to the book content to uh, kind of help people stay focused on the, just leveling up, leveling up, just being the best version of themselves, continuing to put in that work to make those changes that they want to make for their lives. And so yeah. big picture is to really, really increase this, you know, where my class is at. I would like to start speaking more about it, but I already have new ideas to kind of create more curriculums, like maybe a creative writing class that ties into the initial curriculum for, for the first class. And so that's what I like about what I'm doing is I have a lot of creative flexibility and I can take it in a lot of different directions. 
Mm, that is that is true. And Cheryl, you're a really great uh, person to be doing this and creating all of these things for people because you you regardless of where you were and the circumstances involved, you you did engulf yourself in learning and growing and expanding yourself. I mean, to, to obtain a, you said a master's degree, correct? I yes. mean, that's not a small feat to be able to do. No. And I'm, I'm again, pleased to know and hear that that is offered, but I think you very much well know that not everybody takes advantage of that. It wasn't offered. I, I was proactive and went out of my way and I had family help financially mm. to make it happen. But uh, there were some classes offered for my associate level stuff, but the bachelor's and master's I did entirely by myself on my own through correspondence mm. classes. That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. And, and I really like the, the people that you've been inspired by. So I would like to say that I vouch for for those lessons and those learnings. They're some of my favorites, Wayne Dyer and of course Stephen Covey, some of the the greatest minds out there. And things that don't ever go away. These are things that, you know, as we continue to evolve, uh, but because we're human beings, these these practices will always be beneficial for us. And so um I think we had Jim Hooling on the show and he was somebody who uh, spoke and worked with the, the Covey Foundation for years and years and years. And, he, you know, we had the same discussion about how these these practices and insights don't ever go away. You can always utilize them. Absolutely. And I just wanted to come up with a way that I could present them that that would connect with maybe not the business world necessarily, right? I feel like Seven Habits was kind of geared towards the corporate world a little bit more. And even though those lessons apply to all people, right? Just like my lessons apply to all people, it, I'm going to connect with maybe a different audience. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Cheryl, it has been fabulous to have you on the Wellness Driven Life Show. You, you have an incredible story. Thank you so much for sharing it with us. Is there anything else you want to share with our audience today? Uh, I just want to encourage people to always keep growing, you know, and to never take a moment for granted because things can happen in your life that, that you don't see coming, that you're not ready for. And, and if you do that internal work, to become a resilient person who stands in their principles and practices gratitude and just always looks for the good. Like that's how you're going to get through those tough times in your life. And you know, that's, that's pretty much my advice to people. Cheryl, remind us how, what is the best way to get in touch with you? Is it to visit your website, www.plantyourenergy.life or where, what social media handles do you have? So I do, I will be honest because I've had so much happening in my life. I have been neglecting my social media lately, but I'm about to get, I want to go on and make some changes with the website, but I do have a plant your energy Facebook page. I'm also on Instagram. So yeah, I, I haven't done the TikTok thing yet. So <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to get there. 
That's okay. I think, you know, one, one lesson is, is one thing at a time and there's a, a yeah. season and timing for everything, right? Where we disperse our energy into. So I think that's fabulous. The, the Facebook group and the Instagram is, is wonderful. So plant your energy. Everyone is where you need to go. And again, Cheryl, it's been lovely, lovely to have you on the show. Thank you. I, I'm so proud of you. And you're going to do great things, super inspiring. And for all of you, you can find the information also in the description below. All of our guests have their information there. And so thank you so much, Cheryl, for being a, a guest on the show. Thank you so much for those of you tuning in. Without you, the show wouldn't be possible. So goodbye for now, and we will see you later.